and welcome to Commagers. I'm Brian Costello. I'm Jim DeSanto. And I'm Dr. Kathleen Jones. <laughs> Ooh, I like we it. We named you Kathleen. We named the dog Indiana. Yeah. Yes. Shouldn't one of you have gone by your dog's name for your intro? Oh, to be very good. So maybe to... I would be Scout DeSanto. I guess that's that's weird. I call the dog Scout DeSanto, so then I don't. Yeah. Hey, so today we're seeing what happens when Han Solo and James Bond team up to find mm-hmm. the cup of Christ mm-hmm. in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Can I throw in one more anti-hero that I think it, it should work into this mix of what makes Indiana Jones? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What is the name of Kurt Russell in Big Trouble in Little China? <laughs> I guess I don't remember. His name. Give it a shot. You- Johnny something. Um, oh, man. It's, is it on the side of his truck? Yeah. Yeah. I have no idea. Say it. They say his name probably a thousand. <laughs> Mr. Johnny, I don't know. What is yeah, it? Give us, give us a full guess. Um, yes. <sighs> all that's coming to my mind is Johnny Knoxville. Johnny Knox, Big Trouble in Little China, starring Johnny, Johnny Knoxville. Knoxville. <laughs> okay. I could Jack have seen that at Burton. one point. Jack Burton. There's a little Jack Burton in Indi- Indiana Jones. Was uh, which, what was our chronology? Oh, Indiana Jones was prior to yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. You you are aware that I use the James Bond and Han Solo references because those, those actors are, are actually in oh. the film. No, you do no. know that Harrison. Okay, no. let's start talking about the movie, Brian. Okay, <laughs> maybe we should skip the rundown. I get it now, Sean let's Connery and, and, and Harrison Ford. Let's I get do it. the fact okay. check. Okay. Uh, here we go. Fact check. Uh, we were discussing Few Good Men, our last episode. He hates us so much. Um, and I, we loved pretty much everything about it, minus the soundtrack. Yes. Um, so I, I wanted to give us just a small sampling of what we were talking about with the score here. It was done by Mark Scheiman, uh, who has won a Grammy uh-huh. An Emmy and a Tony. This is amazing. To me. Do I need to play something? Could yeah, they Please should have do. the clip there. No, just we the, don't have that. Clip. Oh my gosh, we uh, we failed at this. We failed. Okay, yeah. uh, a few good men soundtrack. It. I have it. Just give me a second. Talk talk a little bit about so, this guy. Okay, so he has almost got an egot. The famed EGOT. Do you guys know what the EGOT yes. is? Yes. yes. Okay, perfect. Uh, but he's also scored. I picked a, a random selection of his films. Misery. So he's done a Stephen King film. He did Mm -hmm. Adam's Family Mm 1 and 2. South Park, the movie, he did. Mm -hmm. Um, So this guy is all over the place. And he's well-respected. What happened happened with this movie? Very purposeful. For whatever reason, this music selection was chosen. Are we sure he wasn't like, I don't know. Well, in he, love first, and letting his girlfriend make decisions about. I don't his know. Job. His first movie was a Rob Reiner movie. He also did mm. When Harry Met Sally, City Slickers. Mm. So I mean, these are like some of these are major Oscar yeah. nominated films. I would say that the movie is good, despite the soundtrack. Right, despite. Yeah, the music score. usually yeah. should enhance it. A film brings it down. This is. Yeah. 
Is this the opium? Yeah, here it is. It's the weird I, synth yeah, thing. Comes which in. isn't, this is not terrible. This is like normal. Well, this is one intense sound. music. This is yeah. one yeah. sound. The yeah. drone. There's no, there's no. There it is. The, there it yeah. is. Mazes and monsters, full on. Yep. Okay, and we could cut it because yeah. we don't need to get and it. It gets but cheesier from there. Makes no sense. Weird choices All right. in that film. Well, we're going to say low point of his career. This this movie. He's gone on to a lot. He he also had a lot of recognition for hairspray and doing a lot of other um, mm-hmm. musicals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we love hairspray. At one point during last week's episode, Katie brought up the idea that perhaps Tom Cruise was only doing films because he needed money. No, no, no. Perhaps. Not because he needed money. Um, just for the paycheck that, that he has lost the love of the acting. Mm. Just to clarify there, I don't think uh, that the man needs money. Yes. Well, his reported net worth um, pre-COVID was $570 million. Yeah, so I'm saying, like, go do some indie films. <laughs> do, like, find yourself, you know? I'm not sure you find yourself in Scientology. That's true. That's true. Or maybe you only find yourself to a sci- fellow Scientologist. Yeah. I don't know. Um it's Jim's birthday month. Mm. We celebrate the whole month. Uh, you know, of course, he got some amazing gifts from mm-hmm. me. I'm going to get you David, another one. Explain. His David Lopan t-shirt, which is a fantastic t-shirt. And there's pictures on yep. social media of it. His little Stephen King pop. And of course, I'm sure you've been spending your time this week reading your Mazes and Monsters trade paperback. <laughs> I, I don't believe it's in hardcover. Um, um, yeah. But what else have you been up to during your birthday month? So I got continuing Katie's stretch of getting me um, at least, uh, you know, somewhat useful toiletries or whatever you would call it. Um, she got me this sunscreen this year. Oh, sunscreen. Um, Love it. She got me whisker tamer oil which okay probably not gonna put that on my face um burn your beard off migraine mitigator are those all like sample sizes like things you receive in a mail perhaps i will not disclose this is an an open bottle from someone in the neighborhood called billy jealousy beard control Wow. It's it's open. I mean, we've it's, started it's, the tradition of giving toiletries. For a while, we had a tradition of giving each other books, mm-hmm. then vinyl. Are, d- does he give now, you toiletry? Well, no. <laughs> no. I would love some toiletries. I love I love some lotions, some oils, oils and lotions. Mm-hmm. Open toiletries? Yeah. You know, you don't want to throw them in the trash. Somebody else didn't like it. <laughs> oh, my. Yeah. Okay. It smells delicious, by the way. Yikes. I think we just need to move on mm. uh, to the rundown. <laughs> Let's just go right into it. <laughs> this is Eleanor Roosevelt with your fireside chat. In Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, Steven Spielberg and George Lucas imagine the origin story of an American hero, Indiana Jones. We discover where Indy's love of old things and the resentment of his father comes from. We learn why the mere sight of a woman serves as kryptonite to our very human Superman. 
we learn why Indy has such bad social skills. Dr. Jones finally heals old wounds by uniting with his father in hunting the senior Joneses, one true love, the Holy Grail, and keeping it out of the hands of their common enemy, the Nazis. Will they succeed with their big brains and determination? Or will one blonde frawline with a big chest and bigger brain be too much for either of them to handle? Hmm. All right. I like how you've picked the style and stuck with it with the rundowns. Thank you. Yeah. Do you mean like within that one rundown? No. Oh, all I of mean, them? Yeah. Are they all similar? No. Oh. <laughs> you mean yes? <laughs> you mean yes? I mean, that was sarcasm. They're, Are you being... Sometimes oh, they're so rhyming. The like, they, rhy- they rhymed. Sometimes they're more poetic. Sometimes they like, write uh, names. Sometimes they don't. Yeah. I, I, this really? was a very clinical reading. Yes, it was. Yeah. It was. You were okay. laying out you. a lot of talking points there. there. All right. Yeah, you're just throwing criticism today. Right and left. Oh, Clicking the Zoom link the wrong this, way. This is kind Ooh, of like uh, Indiana and <laughs> Dr. Henry Jones's relationship. Are you like yep. modeling that for maybe, the episode? Maybe. Mm. Maybe you love your guitars a little bit more than you love your wife. Maybe that's a thing. I don't know. Maybe they're your holy grail. Yeah. Mm. Wow, this is that's really very good. Very uncomfortable episode. You should be better. Very uncomfortable right now. Um, <laughs> Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, uh, which might be my favorite movie of all time. It's in my top three or four movies that I love having grown we'll up. We'll need to get that list another day. Yes. Uh, I'm not saying it's the best movie. I'm saying one of my favorite movies. There's a distinct difference. So do you mean those. as a child or like now? Yeah. Well, we, growing up, like I watched it a bunch of those. Gotcha. It came gotcha, out when, gotcha. when, when we would This was your labyrinth. Alive. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. But much better than labyrinth. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um. Ending a run in 1989 of George Lucas and Steven Spielberg in the 80s, um, either producing or directing or working on nine of the top 10 highest grossing films of that decade. Mm -hmm. If you can just imagine that for a second, how insane that is. Nine out of the 10 films, the top 10 grossers for an entire decade had either Steven Spielberg and George Lucas working together or on their own projects, which is in insane uh and also should have been the last indiana jones movie that's yes. unfortunately we jump forward mm. in time and we, we get we a, a film that's horrible um and in the film we get as katie laid out perfectly um Thank you, something that has become uh fairly i want to say common in modern film, which is a desire to provide either an origin story or fan service. Um, Something that was not done, I would say overly frequently in film was done a a, a good deal, probably at the beginning of this movie Mm -hmm. um, and has unfortunately become a trend Mm -hmm. in many blockbuster films since. Um, so let's just start out with the beginning, a really interesting take or an idea uh, for back then, at least the idea of showing an iconic movie character, but the guy we know, he's not even the first image on the screen. So we start with a young River Phoenix, who, by the way, is amazing. It's one mm-hmm. of the things I remember watching this. You forget how good River Phoenix was as an actor. Right. 
what did you think about the tone and style of this movie? We've skipped over um, Temple of Doom. You know, Jim and I originally did Raiders a long time ago. How did this movie play for you and the way they started it and just the general tone of it? I like the beginning because it's still after watching a bunch of movies that do this, like, let's go back in time and see where this person came from in a sequel, right? Like in the, in the first movie, you kind of jump right into his middle of his life. Um, in this, it starts early. Even compared to other movies that do that, this does it in at least a very interesting way, which is, you know, if you don't know what's happening, there is a very, um, if you're not paying attention um, to the year, you basically see that there's a man that looks very much like Indiana Jones. You don't really see his face. Uh, And then you finally, after a few minutes, you hear one of the other kids call River Phoenix in Indiana or Indy or something like that. And then you kind of realize that, oh, he's the young kid here who is stealing Coronado's cross from this other archaeologist for hire kind of uh, guy. Um. Yeah, and it's there's a pretty pretty funny action sequence. They even try to explain Harrison Ford's scar on his chin, his hat, his hat, yeah. his lasso, the whip, lasso, his whip. yeah, what is he? lasso, the, uh, lasso, okay, whip, yeah, whatever Wonder, it is, the lasso of truth, yeah, right? is that yes, <laughs> that would be awesome, Wonder Woman. Um, yeah, I mean, it, as far as these kinds of movies go. It's it it is very much like a comic book come to life prior to like having the action you know and prior to having comic books now on screen. It's a pretty good origin story as far as those things go. I think it sets tone really well too. Yeah. You know, having him so he's being chased, but he's he ends up on a circus train. Yeah, you know, going yes. through the animal cars. It's, it's so it's. Oh, the, it's the, funny, right? The like the beginning of, of this is funny. The yes. snakes, yeah. You get it's a lot funny, of stuff. It's funny, it's action-packed, like, it hooks you. Yeah. It's good. It's kind of what an Indiana yep. Jones movie should be. Yeah. Right, Which but you also, I, you also, right at the end of that sequence, you get the, the immediate um, kind of exposition of the father-son relationship yeah. when he rushes into the house and the tone totally shifts. Yes. Um, yeah so as far as I thought it was a great start it's an excellent opening and if I remember correctly Brian didn't they try to pair this with a young Indiana Jones TV show that was ill-fated and didn't go very far and it didn't star (laughs) no it didn't I I don't I think the timing of the young Indiana Jones Chronicles was later Later, not yep. significantly yeah. later, but later. And I, I think that might have been because the reception mm-hmm. to the young Indiana Jones was so resoundingly positive. Yeah. I mean, really, when I was watching it, I was thinking, I'm like, this must have felt pretty cool at the time, again, because it wasn't a device that was being used a lot. But I thought they used it in good ways. You know, mm-hmm. one of the things uh, to jump forward to a modern Lucas property, um, if you think about Rise of Skywalker, the most recent Star Wars movie, there was a ton of fan service in that that was like almost nauseating mm-hmm. yeah. or retconning of things. I think tonally, and Katie hit on it perfectly, it sets the tone for the whole movie. 
and it, it kind of resets Indiana Jones to what it was with Raiders, which was the ability to use humor more tongue in cheek, more like a comic book. Whereas Temple of Doom was darker, was more serious. Hearts uh, getting ripped out. Yeah, it doesn't didn't mean it was a bad movie. It's still a good movie, but I think that this is a companion piece to Raiders is much more in line with what I think most people probably think of when they think of Indiana Jones. Right. And bring, Indiana bring, Jones. The, bring the Nazis back because they're the the bad guy, the best bad guy that <laughs> he oh, can have. My favorite line in a movie of all time is Indiana oh, Jones. Let's, well, let's play it. We've got it. Yes. My favorite, favorite movie line of all time. Do you know what I love about this movie quote? I myself can still use it every day in 2020. <laughs> yeah. So it's a relevant movie quote. I find myself once a day saying neo-Nazis. I hate these guys. <sighs> Fascist. Yeah. I hate it. Um, but I think they made some really good choices with this movie. The return uh, uh, to the Nazis as bad guys. The, let's be fair. The easiest bad guys. I mean, you, you almost don't have to do much in the way of character development. You want to talk about a great, like, just secondary bad guy or, like, something like that? Pick the Nazis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, it's like, you don't have to do mm. much background on them. They're the Nazis. They have the, the you know, Show the uniforms are easy. And we just, get it. Yep. We get it. You can go with it and, and you're off and you have your built-in bad guy and it allows you, um, I think, to play around with the villains, which in an Indiana Jones movie, I don't know are vital, but I thought there were some interesting, I don't want to even say villains, secondary characters in this movie. I think the secondary characters in this movie, other than Indiana Jones, um, are fairly strong, which is why I, I think this, this movie holds up pretty well for a sequel. Um, you know, and, and, and to break that down, Sean Connery, who we can get into later, uh, the return of Marcus and Sala, yeah. who, you know, we can get into what I found really interesting is the choice of the, the non Nazi villains, Martin Donovan, who just plays a sleazy kind of rich guy. But, um, and then there's Elsa, oh, who I Lord thought Elsa is kind of interesting is a choice like i think different probably than some of the other villain choice but i thought an interesting choice in the role of a female character when you look at what the archetype of female characters prior to this were in raiders and temple of doom which both were supposed to be kind of your more straightforward female love no that is not true at all I totally disagree with what's her name in in in, in the first one. Well, Mary. the first well, she, time you meet Marion, she's having a shock no, contest no, she's with a big but Tibetan she's not guy. as good. But I'm saying in the end, they they paired them up. 
Right. I mean, right. I'm not right. saying that right. Karen Allen's character is bad, but the idea was they would be a pair in a more traditional way. I think Karen Allen's character is better yeah. than the Elsa character, but I think it's just interesting that there wasn't a traditional. Well, she's yeah, more yeah. of a love. femme fatale. Than yeah, which was an in interesting choice. Sidekick. Yeah. And I thought that was I thought she was she was interesting in the sense that she at the time was a 20. She uh, auditioned. She was a 21 year old Irish actress who really had not done much and got it. Man, um, and I, you compare her accent work to uh, M- M- Margaret Mary and Caddyshack and <laughs> oh she deserves God. an EGOT. I thought of her when Harrison Ford did his fake Scottish accent in the tapestry scene. <laughs> I was like, that is, I wonder if he saw a Caddyshack and That's was like, I'll funny. just do what she did. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, what's interesting about the female character in this is there's certainly still problems, but oh. um, I think it ends up more shining a light on Indiana Jones and his flaws in that, like he literally falls to pieces the minute he sees her. Like he can't, he can't, think anymore it's like all of a sudden he starts thinking with his penis and like nothing else works right um and so that's interesting you know so i i guess there's a little bit of a flip of the script there where we, we you know we see our hero taken uh taken down by you know a real smart real smart lady i don't know i guess i thought her character Nazi. well no but i thought her character had more complexity to it than a lot of the other characters. I mean, she's a Nazi, but she's a. You know, I mean, she does she care for? You know, there's some layers. She's actually. crying at the book burning. Mm, yeah, I, but That's it's interesting. But I mean, so it was just about a, the book burning. Uh, yeah. She was, I guess, but I don't yeah. know. All right, so let's go back to the fun stuff. Indiana Jones. Um, this is the third Indiana Jones movie of the decade. Raiders, huge success. Love it. A nearly perfect film. They come back with Temple of Doom, which still made a ton of money, Mm -hmm. but was decidingly more controversial. And they decide we're going to get back together for one more go here. Let's do it. The the artifact they choose in this case is the... you know, they're, they're going to have the cup of Christ, right? Was that the Last Supper? It's, you know, going to bring eternal life. And... The choices Spielberg makes, I think, in this movie are are pretty interesting. It, it, there's a lot of motion in this movie. You know, it's in, almost from the beginning. They start with the train, like we said, right? The circus train. And it's, I think, fairly nonstop in, in a good way, um, which I think echoes more Raiders than it did Temple of Doom. Yeah. Yeah. The, I, I mean, I don't remember Temple of Doom very well, but. I, I don't remember that being like a more slowed down think piece, but the- uh, I have a question yeah. to ask about the beginning scenes of this film. So when we see Indiana Jones uh, post his River Phoenix days, he is a professor. Yeah, he's a college professor. Yes. And Probably the worst professor ever. They, Maybe. Give me a moment because now I'm forgetting. Is there a flash forward to him 
having like a an adventure or is the first scene no, no. we see of him as an adult him in the classroom no no he gets coronado's cross back yeah yes. that's that classic spielberg jump cut that okay. he likes so he has the hat he, down, puts the hat on he comes head. up he finally steals it okay. which is an echo to raiders right i mean yes. in raiders he go, he went and then he goes back and okay. you see the brief scene of him as yeah. a professor so is the scene with the kids treating him like one of the beatles yeah is that about him being a famous archaeologist or is is that what it is that he's I think like it's a about a few things. archaeologist yes. yes which you get in raiders which is in raiders you see him teaching the class and the, the girls are all fawning over him and, and it's has, only girls right yeah. is there any guys in there raiders? i think I like there that. might be because yeah. they add the guys the one girl one, has i, I love you like, written on her yes, eyelids so when she blinks at him so that um, seemed to me more about him just being young, a bad and, professor. young and cute. Oh, and right? this, this made it seem like, yeah, I think a lot of what they did in this movie is like they they started to think like, okay, we're, we're going to have a really cool adventure, but we really do need like a character arc so that he is different at the end of this than he is in the be- beginning. Because in the other movies, there's none of that, right? There, he just... He's, he's flat. Him. He's yeah. flat. And in this, they wanted to show like almost like a growing up mm-hmm. as old as he is in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like that scene to me is clearly like he's shirking his responsibilities as as a professor. They're all either wanting to, you know, um, get their grades or, or, you know, have him review something or just fawn over him and he has not put a stop to any of that in oh, any way interesting okay yeah i felt like that could have been more clear yeah, like, I, is, I just wasn't sure how to read it that you know? is definitely something that i read as slightly yeah slightly interesting because of of what happens in raiders which is you know marion basically says like i was your student you know there they so there was definitely like a nefarious relationship in in raiders between him and a student and he clearly is not like we hasn't grown up that in the bud at all oh no he totally comes off as somebody who's sleeping with his college students absolutely well and doesn't that tie in i think to what you're saying and i do think there's a better arc here with how he falls apart when he sees elsa right yeah Yeah, he can't handle women I, I found it. I, I thought this movie turned into some of not overtly, but it, it turns in a little bit to make him a little fuller in the sense that he is kind of an adolescent. Oh, and he's 100%. stuck in this sen- uh, you know, in its essence. But yeah. we find out why. And it's like as he goes through the film, you see that broken relationship and where those would come from. And I thought that was kind of interesting. Not that they delve much into it. And you certainly as a kid, when I was watching, wouldn't think of it, Mm. but watching it now and trying to analyze a little bit more, I don't think they maybe celebrated as much as I thought. Like there's definitely flaws in this character. And maybe that's why people are more attached to it. He's Mm. not like, an American hero. I don't no, think he's no, fun. I, he's that's a what, I'm sorry. That was in quotation marks, but no, I realized no, no, but I that's know. I know why you did that, but I'm, <laughs> but that's why I'm saying it though. Yeah, and I think it's I don't know interesting. If I call him an anti-hero either, though. He's like no, somewhere he in, in the gray area. I feel like he's closer to Han Solo maybe than I than I had thought. Yes, for a I was long just going to ask that question. So Han Solo came first. 
do we think that this character was based on Harrison Ford's portrayal in Star Wars? Uh, well, I think it's different. I think Han Solo kind of knows who he is. and True, there's a confidence there. Yeah, yeah self-awareness think, of yeah. that. I think Indiana Jones is all false bravado. But is like, that developed? Do we see that from the get-go yeah. in Temple of Doom? Or oh, you mean Raiders? Yes, I'm so sorry. I always put them uh, in the wrong order. Well, technically, mm. Temple of Doom comes first chronologically. Chronologically, yeah, that's true. Mm, thank you. Um, I don't remember. Yeah. I think that it's... I, I think we have to remember this. Harrison Ford was not the original choice for this. George Lucas oh, didn't want him. He wanted Tom Selleck. <laughs> and it was... That would have been great. And it was really going to be Tom Selleck. But I think he's... <laughs> I think... Well, here's the thing. I think that's fair, though. I think the Indiana Jones character is in line with what the heroes of pulp novels and comics from that 1930s, 40s time period that George Lucas was pulling from, you know, that is the age of noir. If you go watch the noir, which is why you throw the femme fatale in, you know, why you strangle her. And then she says like all that stuff. I think that's screen. I think that, but that also got George Lucas in trouble. I think when they do crystal skull, because he tries to go into the 1950s and then he's like, well, okay, I'm going to now make this movie reflective of what 1950s pulp fiction was with like aliens and weird kind of bad acting. Yeah. And all that type of stuff. And I think that the character I think the character of Indiana Jones maybe works for this time period because it's so tied to this time period. And when you begin to extrapolate and pull it apart, it's not necessarily a character that would work in a 1950s set film, 1960s set film, you know, take, if you wanted to reboot, make Indiana Jones a modern character, I think you'd have to change so much about it because we wouldn't be receptive to this type of character in a modern setting. Yeah, I mean, oh, yeah. he's going to other countries and stealing artifacts. Yes. He's a horrible... Well, but, yes, well, I no, mean, but he, I, no care in the world about that Also, just the stuff. development of the character and, like, the the way they talk to each other. I'm like, I just had to keep reminding myself, like, this is the 1940s. This is yeah. the 1940s. Well, and it is, and I do think that's fair for that. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes yeah. when we look at it, I do think the relationships in there. Listen, Indiana Jones, we could dissect him because it's a podcast and we're talking about it. He's a beloved character. Yeah. In fact, Empire Magazine the biggest entertainment magazine globally, you know, ran a poll of who is the most famous favorite movie character of all time. Indiana Jones was voted number one. Mm. People connect to Indiana Jones. And I think by and large, it's because of Raiders in this movie. I know. know, So what? Yeah. Yeah. The combination of those. So why? What is it about us that makes people love an Indiana Jones movie. Oh, because he fails 90% of the time. And 10% of the time he's he's Michael Jordan, right? Like that that's why it's because it, it's because and I was talking to Katie about this, like combined with the theme, there are moments in this movie where you can't help but get excited. Because of how they, it, it is a masterful job of taking the, the, like, when you really think about it, because, like, walking the tightrope that they do with this character, as far as, like, how much of a beating can he take, still seems sort of human. Tough. Yeah. 
tough and still come out on top and they make it all work right right so he doesn't come off as the most skilled he's not a jedi he's not a ninja he's He's not not a a trained martial artist he's just unstoppable like he is yeah he just really keeps trying the man is not (laughs) stop perseverance grit this is a yes and sometimes he just gets lucky right right? like i mean a lot of the time there's a big there's a big um there's a a big meme is of as far as like the uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, which is like if in, if that movie happens and Indiana Jones doesn't exist, the same thing happened. Like he literally does not affect he doesn't change, the story yeah, yeah, at all. So true. The Nazis get the thing, they open yes. it, and they all melt. Like yes. nothing. Yeah. He didn't no- end the war. Right. right. <laughs> and he didn't grow. Yeah. And so like <laughs> the, the idea of like what happens to him in this movie is a little more interesting, I think. And I think it does kind of subvert the whole plot of the other two movies, which is what's important about the Grail. Right, is it, it and and I think they're playing with that theme right up until the end where Elsa can't fathom not getting the grail. So and that is her why she dies. You know, she will not give Indy her other hand and she falls into the pit. And when he's faced with the same choice, it's only his father that can bring him back from the edge of like the the destination here the journey is the is is the reward not not the not the cup right like and you know sean connery you know the older dr jones says like the grail is you know believing in the grail is sort of the the end of of the journey so i think people gravitate towards flawed characters right Mm -hmm. They, they feel more human more relatable to us um and so combining that with the tone of this film, that it's just an enjoyable film to watch, yeah. right? We love seeing Nazis melt. We love yeah. seeing, right? We love seeing like fun action sequences. They're just fun, right? Um, none of the violence feels too gory because it's no, kind of yeah, done in a cartoonish humor. way. Yeah, there's enough humor in it. And I, so, absolutely. yeah, so it just, it's a fun, like, you just enjoy watching the movie and you like that this guy is kind of ridiculous but also relatable, yeah. I, I, I think. And, and, you know, and, the, and the action sequences, when we compare it to something like Batman, which came out... I have out, a note on that, yeah. Which, I had a note the same year, same exact same year, year. Which we watched... Brian and I watched and joined Pop Battle to talk about. Um, it makes Batman look like it makes Batman look like the old Adam West Batman, where they're like, "How?" Like the action, the action sequences in this movie are still hold up. There is nothing that happens in this movie that I'm not like, "Oh my god, that's re-. the set piece of the tank is really cool." Mm-hmm. What? Like, yeah, and just even the there's certainly some aging of like being able to tell CGI and stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah, But I mean, some of those scenes, so when they're, well, I I was going to say that the background, so like when they're coming into, you know, into the the cave, right? Like just, just that scenery of them on the horses. And I love the the horses, not the camels. It's, it is like, 
it's it's eye candy, right? Like there's so much that's just beautiful well, about the first the movie. right off right off the bat showing us those I think it's Utah. The, the canyons, the canyons the, and, yes. the, yes. and, and the mountains the and the distance. The, yeah, beautifully shot movie. Yeah. But he I what I like about it too is and I had a note on Batman because we had talked about it as well, is I think this is the Spielberg I love, like the Spielberg movies we love and everything. And he's still at the the pinnacle of that Spielberg, you know, his ability to, it's not his best movie, but it's, it's still in that period where a very like that younger Spielberg making that movie where he was willing and able to pull all these different forces together, which is what I think works for this. Mm -hmm. The John Williams score, you know, we were talking about the ridiculousness of the few good men score, the score in this movie, as all of John Williams movies are insane. And John Williams actually said, I, I read this. There's almost, almost, I think he said an hour and 50 minutes of John Williams music mm-hmm. in a two hour movie. He goes, that never happens, but there was such, it was moving so much that Spielberg kept wanting to put that in, but also getting to Jim's point with the action Spielberg even said, he goes, a big part of it for me was finding the best stuntmen. And usually the stuntmen are the ones who direct the fighting and action. And he had had the three best stuntmen in Hollywood working on each of the Indiana Jones movies and said, I can't do this, but I'm going to find the best people to do that. And he was like secure enough in doing that. And they create these amazing sequences, yeah. Yeah. but you have to have the security in yourself. And it is true. And when you go look at Batman 89, the action is laughable compared to what a modern Batman would be. I would put up these Indiana Jones movies if we were to reboot Indiana Jones now with any sequence they could film. Now I find movies from this time period and prior, there is usually some like really bad cut with the stunt people where it's like, clearly that's not the actor, you know, like that's a man in a wig. Um, And there was one moment in this where I like, I was aware that it was a stunt person. But the way that they cut it, where like you never saw his face, it was like he was on the horse, the hat turned, like you never saw the face. I was like, that was so well done. Mm -hmm. And it was the only moment where I had a thought of like, oh, that's a stunt person. Usually that's very, very, you know, visible. Yeah. Even even just thinking now about the set pieces of the the circus train. Right. Like that. That's crazy. To think about, like let's let's do that. Oh, it's amazing how they shot that. Like I start to think about the ideas that come up that lead to that, right? Like that lead to okay. Well, we want to show why he's scared of snakes. We want to show the whip, and we want to show this, and it's like circus circus train. Right, like like it's gonna yeah. have snakes, it's gonna have a lion. The lion, train, boom, the lion done. tamer would totally leave his, yeah, his whip, there. whip there. Um, <laughs> and then you go to like Venice with the, with the boat, the, the boat and the propeller. That's a crazy set. That's piece. great, but and then going into the catacombs, oh, the catacombs, like that yeah. for me, I was oh, like, oh rats. my god, I'm always looking See, for a catacomb to show. This is the film, right? And this, so good. This is um, what they totally get wrong in the in the fourth Indiana Jones. There is no, like, let me take on these ruins scene, which is when Indiana Jones is at its absolute best, which is there's ancient ruins with insane booby traps, and he's going to work through them and figure them out. 
And the fourth movie has like a 15 minute segment. Maybe I think I can't, I don't quite remember. It's, it's awful, but there's like a, a toppling right? floor. Yeah. But this has like three of them. Yeah. <laughs> um, no. And then you go to, so the tank and it's not just the tank, the tank they picked in, in it's like body style and everything leads to such interesting action on top of it, on the treads, with the side gun, like they utilize yeah. all of it in a way that's like you've seen shitty action movies where the level of detail is not thought about. Yep. And those things and to me, that's sort of what I get to when I'm when I rail on some of these movies, is that like people that make movies and have the opportunity to do something that that you know 99.99999% of the folks on the earth will never get to do. And then there's like that even smaller percentage that take it to like an art form, which is like, I'm going to obsess over every single detail till it's what exactly what I want. And there's nothing left that is like fat. There's nothing left that is not useful. And if it's in the shot, it's supposed to be there. Yeah. And he does that so well in this movie. There's huge, like, and, and when you think about all the elements of this movie, we haven't really talked about the humor. I mean, we talked about it a little bit, but what Sean, the Sean Connery, Harrison Ford chemistry in this movie is off the charts, like, perfect. Yes. And it could have been a disaster. Well, the character itself, George Lucas didn't want Sean Connery. Apparently, they George Lucas's mindset was he wanted a more Yoda-like, and I'm using this as a quote from an article I read about it, character. And Sean Connery was the one that Ford and Spielberg, I guess, were really set on, because Connery's only 12 years older than Ford. Oh, wow. Um, but it, Connery really molded that character and said, let's have him be more bumbling. Let's have him be more funny. And they said so much of that was Connery's addition to it. But again, I think it goes to you were just talking about Jim, which is Spielberg here. Like Steven Spielberg is big enough when yeah. he's made this movie that he can go say and he does a lot of it in this movie. Originally, the tank sequence was one that's supposed to be very small one day of filming. And then they got there and looked at the setting and he said, no, we're going to make this huge. And then it turned into 12 days on the spot. Yeah. One of the my favorite sequences of it, which I think is brilliant and I love, is the motorcycle chase. Yeah. You know, which they mimic the car chase. That was additional photography. They had edited the film and Steven Spielberg was sitting there and saying, you know what? We need one more action beat in this movie. And then they went and actually shot it in. If you watch it now, if you go back and look at it, that's in the hills of San Francisco. And you can see (laughs) the Pacific. That's where the hills. They shot it right next to Skywalker Ranch where they where they did the editing. And when you compare that to the horrendous car chase scene that we saw in the beautiful Alfred Hitchcock movie that we watched. It wasn't really a chase. It was a a slow drive uh, through Long Island. I'm very drunk right now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, anyway. you see the difference. Um, I, so, and I, I love that Sean Connery has his umbrella through that whole right. So, him yes. sitting in the sidecar with the umbrella and the briefcase is just a, a fantastic 
visual. You get so you get so much from that from their little bits of conversation with each other, right? His his lack of being impressed by his son all the time, and then he shows up on the beach, you know, and remembers his Charlemagne. I suddenly remember my Charlemagne. Charlemagne. It's just perfect. It's perfect because Sean Connery turning out to be a skilled fighter completely unbelievable um you get that indiana jones's conception of the perfect man right who he has become was derived from his father's academic you know brain and his just total adoration of artifacts right right but also coupled with this other guy yes this other guy that he stumbled upon who gave him this thrill of adventure and you know physicality very i feel like that's almost very meta by spielberg in a sense that and that's maybe why so many young kids are drawn to han solo or an indiana jones because that character right of that guy has influenced him to become that and how many people young kids who went and saw indiana jones and raiders of the lost ark or star wars and saw han solo have wanted to model themselves in some way off of a combination of maybe the traits of their father but also this character indiana jones (laughs) and han solo like i've always been more of a han solo whereas i've been an indiana jones no i mean when when you talk about young men and their adoration of star wars yes no no i, I think a I think lot a of lot, folks fall into the luke and i think a lot lean towards hans yeah because he's cooler exactly yeah yeah um i wasn't smart enough to realize that luke, obviously luke, luke is a dork yeah but he's much more powerful well you know yeah um i also like that you do start to see senior jones's appreciation of the things that his son can do that he can't do yeah right and and i think it's Look subtle done yeah like it's i don't think it ever comes too heavy right? Yeah, even, right even when he thinks that indy has died that could that could have been much heavier right right, right. but somehow there's this lightness because you, the audience knows well the audience suspects Right, right, but then you see him the main crawl, character, crawl. right? Yeah, you know before the <laughs> you know, characters do. Yeah, and so you're just watching them have this moment. It's not like totally into the grieving place. Like right. they're more just kind of like, Disbelief. did that really happen? Yeah. yeah. And then when Andy comes and like puts his hand on his father's shoulder, it's just this like, it's a fun but, but, scene. But he, and I think this is where Connery deserves a lot of credit. He delivers the next line in a way that does kind of pull yes. the heartstrings. He a little pulls bit. it perfectly. With yes, like, with that, like I, I thought I lost you, boy. Is like, I actually care for you. Yes, <laughs> That's it. and I do love you. <laughs> but it's it's one hundred percent believable. Yes, it's the moment where he he changes, mm-hmm. and and it starts to become like, okay, they're 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 both moving towards something different than they were. Yes. He has taken this ma- this son for granted. He has not understood all of his quests and desires um, because he's very narrow minded in in what he believes is right and and what and he good. believes that what he did was the best for him. Sure, yeah. Right. No, it it it, it handles that like perfectly. Just like yeah, just it, enough. It never. Just enough. It never. It never strays from the path of like what it's trying to do. Um. And and again, I, I think this movie is like a tightrope walk through like heavy father son yeah. stuff, 
action movie comedy personal development yeah, it, yeah. and and it's great um i still think it's not as good as raiders mm-hmm. oh it's uh, listen but raiders is a is we've said this it's i think it's an almost perfect film for right. its genre but i do think that there are certain things done in this movie that um raiders didn't accomplish like i do think there are action sets in raiders that are j- just as good um, like the hell, the the airplane scene in Raiders is always held up as like this incredible thing. The tank scene is every bit as good as that scene. Um, might might even better. Yeah, close to it maybe. And that's yeah. I, so it's interesting, and I I do want to go back and rewatch Temple of Doom because to me there's there's stuff in Temple of Doom that does play really well with like short round and things like that. But Oh, d- listen, I rewatched, I watched all three like recently. I just wanted to rewatch Raiders cause I hadn't seen it. And then I knew we were doing this. So I said, you know, I'll watch Temple of Doom cause that had always been my least favorite of oh, that's so three. funny. That was always my favorite. Um, I don't know the why. Bugs and the monkey brains. I, yeah. I mean, but that one listen, I, and, is ingrained in my brain. Like I watched what, Tem- that. Temple Doom's interesting because I, I think it falls into a situation where the other movies are so good yeah. that this it's still a very good movie. I think sure tonally, is. it's just a different choice. You call him Dr. Jones, doll. I love him. Uh, he's great. <laughs> I love him. Um, yeah. This movie, of power. <laughs> love him. This movie received, you know, we always... Um, post on social media our pictures and i did some live tweeting and posting Mm -hmm. of stills from this movie as i was watching it and it got a huge reaction yeah you know this is a movie of people around our age that is endearing to a lot of people um you know for me i love it my brothers and my dad and i must have watched it on vhs tape god knows how how many times you know this is when you went to blockbuster you get it and then it came on cable and we taped it so we had it on vhs and and you would watch it again and again and again so i guess i do wonder at points is this i don't think it's as good as raiders yeah but is it maybe more rewatchable? You just put it down, sit down, and you can watch it than Raiders. Like, which would you be more inclined to show Lily and Eva first? Do you think that this is more of a soft entry and you could get away with it? Or would you just go Raiders because Raiders is technically, I think, the better movie? Uh yeah, I think Raiders because they, there's less of an interpersonal thing that they would need to understand, which I yeah. think is what is hard for them to grasp. Okay, and yeah, I, I, I don't think Raiders is dark enough to be. No, worried. I don't think it's dead. Temple of Doom is dark. I, I was watching. Temple yeah, there's Doom all again. the kids like, slay children yeah, slavery like, and heavy mm-hmm. stuff like I think, dark uh, arts by the in way, India. <laughs> by the way, I think that's when both uh, for Temple of Doom for a point of reference, both Spielberg and Lucas were going through divorces at and that a lot point. of cocaine and <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was like, what is going on there? <laughs> I do think, by the way, interestingly, and I don't think you'll be surprised about this, uh, when he was doing this movie, Spielberg had started to repair his relationship with his father. Remember when we did the <laughs> yeah, episode, yeah, yeah. we said that that relationship had really been soured, and it was around this time that it was reunited, and I think that plays out 
in this movie. I wonder if he, his internet started working again when he started to write and get involved with Ready Player One. <laughs> oh, I have not seen Ready Player One. It's a fun movie, but it, again, it's like, I, I just wish he would attack he would attack that movie with the care and and interest in the level of detail that he did Raiders of the Lost Ark. Or, you know, I feel like he has separated his popcorn movies from his, like, I'm going to take this super serious movies. And that's, I think his greatest misstep in his career. Well, you said that I think you've highlighted too where that starts to happen. It starts to happen right at Jurassic park because he was Jurassic park and Schindler's list are right. Like, cause he was prepping. Yeah. He was prepping and then it just went off in a different direction. And I think, I think while Jurassic park is a great movie, when you compare it to the others on that we're going to talk about later, it doesn't hold up to them. In in when we Quality. when we look across, yeah, and I don't want to say it's like a bad, it's not a bad movie. It's it's a great movie, but when you have a box that's like, how's the writing? How's the cinematography? How are the effects? How are the characters? How you know all those boxes? Prior to Jurassic Park, he checked almost all of them in each of those movies. And then in Jurassic Park, he was like, uh, we're "Let's doing, just do dinosaurs." We're doing so much Let's in this area dinosaurs. that's maybe above all that. We, I, I don't know if he didn't want to put the there care. Things in, there were but, things that were deficient, right? Compared and, to and other films. Granted, there's source material there, so that I don't know if that played a big part. But, um, yeah, like, and then you have you have something like Schindler's List, which is heavy, where he goes the opposite, which is like, I'm going to dive in and. Attacked well, this movie emotionally yeah. emptied himself in that movie. Right. This movie set in Venice for a, a portion of it, which to yes. me is my favorite city I've ever been to. Oh. Uh, and it's rare that they actually are able to film in Venice. And this is when you love when you get one of these like big, like Steven Spielberg can be Steven Spielberg. He actually had them close the Grand Canal one day from 7 a.m. to 1 p.m. so he could film. So a lot of those shots on the Grand Canal are actually Venice, which is rare. And it's beautiful, and I thought shot really well. I was actually able to go to the library, the outdoor portion of the library, when I was in Venice. I made that as a stop for X, myself. X I love that little spot. scene, too. That's a great uh, scene. And they bred... <laughs> they they bred two thousand rats. No, oh, I heard that only half of those were real. You the rest could have were like, gone to two thousand of them. Information. Two thousand of them are real. But listen, oh, to, this is what I had never known. Then what did they do with them? It burned I, there's them. There's rat farms. No, those were fake rats. Oh. To be clear, uh, but rats, I guess, if you're bred in captivity, are fine. But that's what they had to do. Actually. At, at, at the Philly Zoo, they have rats, and they put on a show. Oh, the rats at the Philly Zoo are amazing. Yeah, yeah. but well, there's Harrison, like ten of them in yeah. a large place. Yeah, the the quantity set was covered uh, with no. rats. No, covered no, with no. rats. Harrison that Ford had pet rats with, as a kid. That scene, he loved rats. With Fraulein Elsa, oh, when she's under in the, the boat yeah, with the rats, rats. No, the, under oh, the ca- under the uh, heck no, she's under yep. the coffin. Heck no. 
And she was like, what am I right doing? Right up there with the scarab beetles and the mummy in the I, coffin. I wonder, mm-hmm. though, how that plays again. I would love to get you to watch Temple of Doom relatively soon because... With the with the bugs? The bugs in Temple of the Doom See, still bother me oh, on a no. level that nothing else in Indiana no. Jones does. I don't know. Maybe I, it's because I watched There's that something scene. even about the tarantulas in, in Raiders... That just because they're dry and fuzzy, I feel less scared of them. The rats mm. in the water, they well, are worse. Those are robotic rats, which are pretty awesome. And they, oh, and they, throw, they throw into the fact that they outside are of the coffin, fire. outside of the coffin is on fire. So they are scared. They're scared trying to get into the safe yeah. place. So like bugs just like doing their thing. Oh, the centipede. I mean, does. I don't Ooh, want going through to her wa- hair. I don't want to do that. When you that. see that centipede go up into yes, her that's hair. Horrendous. Horrendous. That's horrendous. like the mummy. But the mummy. Scared rats like- who think they're dying in the water in a boat with me. Nope. Gnawing at you. No, thank you. Um, no, thank the- you. The end sequence, this is one of the interesting things about this, because I have a I have a particular theory, uh, and I don't know if this is just me that I ascribe to this because how I was, but I think there's a window that you're really, when you start to become self-aware of the world around you, when you get yeah. to like 9, 10, 11, when you can really, like I always tell my students, the first presidential election I really can remember seeing commercials for was a Bush Dukakis, which was 1988. So nine oh years old. Oh my God. I have a great story about that. I'm going to pause to tell you. Yes. Tell it. Tell I was, I was at, at school where, you know, uh, where I still Katie, remember where Katie teaches. Where Katie and our children teaches. Go to school. Yes. I still remember a joke. One of the kids in my class did. Uh, I don't remember what grade, but he came into the classroom. He grabbed two of the erasers from the board put them on his head like they were eyebrows and said, I'm Michael Dukakis. He did have some very impressive eyebrows, that man. That he did. He is did. an amazing joke to this day. And the fact that I just remembered it, I'm going to have to post on social media and tag tag Terrence O'Brien, who that joke still... Makes like, you laugh. It Obviously, still makes you remember me laugh. it. That's yeah. amazing. I love that That's kind amazing. of humor in middle school. That must but have been... What year was that? 88. It was 88. Yeah, so it was a long time ago. You were 10 years yeah. old. You were 20 years old. <laughs> I was 18. But I had no facial hair. This didn't You're come till this 16 year. 16-year-old eighth grader. All um, right. But, we, we have but, done this movie justice. Yeah. Great movie. Great movie. Um, rewatch it. Uh, yep. Temple of Doom, by the way. If you Actually, all of the Indiana Jones movies are currently streaming on Netflix. Fabulous. All right. Game of the week time. <laughs> That was close. Oh, <laughs> All right. Uh, game of the week. This is our. You found fifth. your instrument, I think. I know. They should just build it. off of John that. Popper, be worried. <laughs> this is our. Well, is he still alive? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, this is our fifth Steven Spielberg movie. Sorry. We have done Raiders, <laughs> Last Crusade, Jaws, E.T., Jurassic Park. So okay. we're going to do some Spielberg superlatives. All right. Here. Um, First of all, which of the five Spielberg films that we have done mm. do you think would be the best film to reboot? I, I already said this, so I'm going to start E.T. Oh, this is tough. Um, I'm going to I'm going to go with Jurassic Park. All right. I'm going to go. I was actually torn between E.T. and Jurassic mm-hmm. Park as well. Uh, and I went with E.T. Mm-hmm. I would be interested. I think it's the one that is most redoable without causing 
Yep. Piles of garbage. Yep. I well, Dad. here's the deal. Like with Jurassic Park, I would love to see someone who's a little more into the hard science of the book tackle it, like Alex Garland. Mm-hmm. Like, oh it, yes, and a little so bit. Here's the difference to me. Audience for Jurassic Park, you need to fix the story. For E.T. No, 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 no. Yes. You don't need to fix this. No, I mean, like, Not from the novel, though. You need no, no, to fix no, no. the characterization of... of... That, that's... so. I'm sorry, but that's story to me. Like, so that's that's all of the little the bits script. of not dialogue. You're right. Dialogue. Yes, um, okay. Whereas E.T., for me, it's, it's nearly a perfect movie. It just needs to be given an update, right? Where it just... It needs the reboot. It that, needs... That's the one on this list. So, like... The 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 two on this list that I think are untouchable are Jaws and ET. Mm, interesting. Raiders and Raiders is amazing, and so was Last Crusade. But I don't think they do anything so in. I don't know. They don't deserve a reboot. The, well, no, they none of these need a reboot. Let's just say that ET right off. Well, that's fair. Reboot. That is yeah. fair. I wouldn't reboot any of these. Right. Choice. Right. All right, uh, here we go. Uh, two. What is the film you're least likely? You'd probably rewatch all of these, but Jim, if you ready? had to pick one, which are the yeah, ones you're Jurassic least Park. likely to Jurassic watch Park. again? Jurassic Park. I don't e. ever need to watch it again. Okay. I don't need to watch E.T. again. All right. uh, okay, here we go. Film most likely to still be watched in 2120 Jaws. if the human race still exists. Jaws. Is, I would say it's... Uh, ah. Jaws, yeah. Jaws. I, hat trick for Jaws. Jaws. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, Jaws. <laughs> In fact, Aileen and I are watching Jaws on Saturday night. Oh, good. Before you go back to uh, the waters? Cape. Yeah, the Cape. <laughs> Remember, we saw a shark last year. Yeah. Uh, here's a good one for you. Which of the, these five movies do you think is the best date movie? Oh, Raiders. Jaws. <laughs> Jaws. <laughs> Jaws gets a little heavy in the, in the third act. I think. It does. It does. But I think that's good. I, yeah, I, I, I guess it depends. Up. I guess it depends who your date is. <laughs> I picked Jurassic Park because it's the only movie on the list Aileen would watch with me. Oh, really? I thought yeah, she'd she, be all about Raiders. Nope. Doesn't want to watch Indiana Jones. Oh, really? uh, but she likes Jurassic Park. Mm, interesting. You we do have a Michael Crichton-ness to you. I don't know. She did watch. We actually went to both of the recent Jurassic Parks in the theater because she wanted to go, huh? which is one of only a handful of movies. We Remember, our first date was to see The Notebook. So that was the oh, starting remember. point. Oh, so you don't need to go see Saving Private Ryan because you have that amazing war scene in The Notebook that covers yes, it. Yes, that covers it. It takes care of it. Oh, uh, I died. I'm dead. snowflakes on you. All right, and finally, which, which of the five is your favorite mm, movie? Favorite, hard. not the best. Raiders, simply your favorite. I can't. It's, it's it, there are too many years. I think I think Raiders dominated my favorite movie for so long that it's hard to pick anything else. But Jaws and ET are also yes, very close. It's a tough choice. We haven't done a bad Spielberg movie. I I think I have to go with Jaws on this, though I I love the fun of the Indiana Jones. Like yeah. it's a different tone for me. There is no Depends performance my... as good as Jaws, right? So like like, um, what's Richard Dreyfus in Jaws? Fantastic is maybe the best performance in a Steven Spielberg. Movie. Yes, it's agreed, yeah. agreed. Yes, well, so I, I would go... hold them up together. All right. I will go with Last Crusade because right. I loved that's it good. growing yeah. up. Yeah. Fair. All good. right. So we got a little bit. Of, all right. Five question time. You want answers? You want answers? I want the truth. 
What the fuck is the internet? Internet. Alright, here we go. Five questions. Are you gonna pretend like you don't hear this? Musical stylings over here. Push right through this. I will be answering five questions this week. Yeah. Uh okay. Thumbs up or thumbs down? The Crusades. How do you do thumbs up for the Crusades? I liked them. I just I thought to, they were great. I wanted to see great. how bold you would be. They were great moments. I was like, I wanted to see if you had a hot take they, on the Crusades. Did you think that this was like Alexander Hamilton? Like, I'm, yeah, I'm thumbs up like, on Hamilton and the Crusades. Well, I have done a lot of reading on the Crusades. I will admit that. I've done a lot of awful reading on the Awful people doing awful things. Knights, I've done a lot of reading on the Knights Templar and mm-hmm. of that time period. Fuck them. The assassins uh, yeah, I, are way better. Ask yeah, anybody. I, d- I don't Ezio think you could... I'm sure, while I'm sure there are some people who are thumbs up on the Crusades, I am not bad, one bad of them. Bad yeah. things. Yeah. Okay. A great like book. A Number two. About it though, would you rather saying. question? Would you rather fall into a pit of rats or Ooh. snakes? Oh, this is. I. You know. I think I'd have to go with snakes. Mm. Really? Rats. Let me tell you something about rats. They will eat you. They mm. will eat you. I once saw you. when I was interning at Access Hollywood and living in New York City, I saw a rat the size of a yeah. cat. Yeah, no, so no no I don't agree. They are, but they oh, also snakes. rats snakes? are the reason that Black Plague started. Yeah, they yeah, carry but, disease at an obscene oh, like teeth. here's my point. If you told me now, maybe the type of snake, if you're telling me you're gonna dump me in with non-poisonous snakes, I would obviously despise it. However, I would take that. Now, the the better question is this. Would I rather be covered full body in sand or put in with a rat or a snake? And the answer is I would choose the rat or the snake over the sand. Wow, that's crazy. That much. That is wild. Can I do just a quick, our neighbor the other day who is five years old, took out the compost with her family to the compost bin. They have some friendly garter snakes living in their compost bin. One of them got very scared by three humans looking into the compost bin and shot out of the compost bin and wrapped right around her leg. I was like, so here's where I'm going to fail as a parent because I'm going to see that happening and I'm going to run. Cut off the leg. (laughs) I'm not. Nope. I'm not going anywhere near it. That's why I don't have a compost (laughs) eat. Yeah. Don't care that much about yeah. the earth. Sorry, ozone layer. <laughs> see you later. Fill in the blank. If you could see one famous artifact up close and personal, it would be blank. Oh, you know, I've seen so many that I want to oh, see. I've, I've seen, seen so many of the famous artifacts our world has. Seen, Thanos' uh, Infinity Gauntlet. I've held well, it in I my would like hand. To see that. I would like to see that. I've seen a Gutenberg Bible. I thought it was going to be seen, like the Constitution. I've seen the Constitution. I've seen the Declaration of Independence. I've seen the Da Vinci notebooks. Have you seen Jared's cod piece, though? <laughs> I have that in my room at all times. I guess, uh, you know what I'd like to see? One of those terracotta warriors. Oh, oh yeah, that is cool. cool. They have I some of those at uh, the Philadelphia Museum the, of Art, Brian. Well, does After, the... Uh, yeah, but, the virus. But I the think virus. the thing about them is like, 
seeing them all together Agreed. where they are is Agreed. like yes. the, yes. the intrigue. One, also, one alone isn't the same. I, I don't know if totally. this counts as an artifact. I'd like I would like to see like the the pyramids. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh that counts. Okay. So if that's Though it, apparently across that. from the Sphinx, there's a McDonald's now, which I feel like kind of kills the mood. No way, dude. You don't think Brian would kill? Actually, that's a, a perfect situation two, for Brian. Two cheeseburger. <laughs> I mean, like, let's I be honest. Really it's been a while, Brian. Anymore. It's been I a while. But I said no camels. You brought five? <laughs> can you count? Oh, that's five camels. <laughs> it's from my car. All, all I could think when Sala was on screen, though, by the way, was... And my throw axe. me, no, throw me, throw me. <laughs> don't tell the, don't tell the elf that blew, that blew me away. That he, that he is. He's also treebeard. Amazing. Yeah, it's treebeard and Gimli. This is um, my favorite question. All right, favorite question, favorite thing that has come from Germany. Well, of course, it's the, the pr- techno pop band Autobahn. Oh, <laughs> I thought you were going to say the pretzel. Well, of course, the I pretzel was is say the answer. Of course, the pretzel sausages. is the answer. Sausages, pretzels, <laughs> yes, pretzel schnitzels. is the answer. Tapestries, pretzels, tapestries, tapestries. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, easily, pretzel is the best thing they've come to Germany. Yeah, deep thoughts. The best father-son relationship depicted in film. This is one of them. Mm. I I do have a very soft place in my heart for Nemo and his dad. Oh, that's that's a great one. You know which one we did this year, Brian, that I'm going to remind you of? What? About time. Oh, that's a great one, too. It is a great one. That one got you a little bit. That one got you a little. It's interesting because I feel like a lot of father-son depictions are directors or writers working out the yes. negative oh, yeah. aspect. So like Star Wars, right? Dark Field Fate. of Dreams. Field of Dreams, which you is don't another... Get, but you don't get the relationship so much. No, you get like the closure right, of right. that relationship. This one's pretty good. I mean, Sean Connery, it, it's rare, and I think, I guess we got it last week's movie too. It's rare that you get iconic stars and their combination together on screen works to a level that's really enduring and special like these two when you really think about who they were like connor was probably the biggest star of the 60s and 70s because of james bond and then you get the late 70s into the 80s with harrison ford that's like if you're a little bit older than we are yeah you know, or even for our parents, these are like the huge stuff. I don't know that that gets pulled off in such a good way now. And to our conversation about like stars and Tom Cruise and Michael B. Jordan, the, like, do you, I, I think Tom Cruise may have risen to the level of, of these two, but I don't know that we've seen anybody else since then. No, I don't think a movie star... And that's a really interesting point. I don't know what a like this transcending person that just you put that name. Brad above. Pitt maybe is, is. I don't see, but, but he I doesn't have the roles that these guys know. And I think he he and to his credit went in kind of like a different direction. Yeah. And I think Leo went in a different direction. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but. Today's big stars, like your bankable stars, they're all in just one type of movie, right? Yeah. Like, who would you say? Like, they're all in those. I Marvel mean, the only one you movies. can go to is Robert Downey Jr. Like, yeah. he, he's the one but, that's like. But even his career took. There was such a valley, right? 
in that career. And even him, he's so defined to just one I feel like one character. Right. And being being in those movies with an ensemble cast with those other people. Yeah. Sword I don't want to say it degrades his starness, but like they're sort of all interchangeable, right? Like like is here's my question. Is Robert Downey Jr. So you look at Harrison Ford, let's say like Sean Connery at their heights and Tom Cruise now. Yeah, nobody. They don't need a Marvel movie. Like how many people were going to see Robert Downey Jr.'s non-Marvel movies during this time period? Like they were showing up to see, and he did a great job as Iron Man. Daniel Day-Lewis, I guess is, is the guy, but but, yeah, but his movies aren't making money. That's the thing. Like there he's, he might be the best actor of his generation, but he's not bringing in money. I mean, all three of those guys. And that's why I think like, I, I do wonder, can Michael B. Jordan, become that can he become this person who becomes you want to go see the michael b jordan movie and he can play in all these different types of films yeah and i'd be interested to see like what female what actresses kind of hit that level because i think we had there were some like in the 80s and 90s that sort well, of had I, so that I cachet. Felt like Jennifer Julia Lawrence Roberts. and Emma Watson are so kind of close. on that. Yeah. i think i think they might get there i think they they're still at the I, front end of their careers. Yeah. And I do think I do think this is an interesting conversation. Margot Robbie in this, too. Yeah. In the sense that I, I and and for the better, I think Hollywood is changing in a way where the type of films that are being made might be slightly different and it might be more spread out, hopefully, potentially. So I'm not sure if what we think of is that old hollywood movie star yeah there's no vehicle movies anymore there's nothing like there's nothing like hey we created this movie to put harrison ford in the lead role and run with it right like there's no air force because of that yes right like like tom cruise like mission impossible it's still around happened because paramount went to tom cruise and said we will do whatever you want. We own all these properties. Here's the list. You get to choose what you want to do, and we're going to build everything around you. I don't know if that happens Scarjo? anymore. She's a good maybe. one. Maybe. All right. I mean, maybe it is. Two quick up. things. Two quick yes. things. Number one, we didn't say what we're drinking, and Brian, I already drank mine, but yeah. I drank. I had something oh, that I was forget. tea cooler plus peach schnapps plus bourbon it was basically an old-fashioned we called it the peach crusade I l- oh, a nod I to the lemonade that. wars with my I young adult that. novel friends the chocolate um, love it it was not delicious but oh, oh i'm sorry that's all right yeah, it's fine um what else what are we drinking what else is happening i was having um an old-fashioned yeah and i had lord hobo glorious Very nice. lord hobo um I- i'm doing an unwrapping a live unwrapping in the time of, of Corona, I don't know about your children, but my children love watching people unwrap things on screen. Yeah, it's so a here, big thing on here's YouTube. Here's a little Unboxing. ASMR. God yeah. damn it, you two. Know your tech and your and your, your internet culture. It's called an care. unboxing. I don't care. In the least. But it's from a local vendor. Her name is so, Nellie Bush. This is my ASMR unboxing. <laughs> Here we go. All right. So for all of my friends who are headed back into the classroom. Oh, oh. Ooh, do you got a mask? Oh. Oh, it's a smile mask. Watch out. The headphones are coming off. Okay. So you have a clear again. This is a this is a podcast. Tell me how Kitty has a mask. 
but it's you can see her face while she talks. It's not like that Hannibal, terrifying. Kind it's, of Hannibal Lecter. It is maybe a little yeah. Hannibal Lecter. It's a little bit disconcerting. Yeah, a little Hannibal Lecter. It immediately I, fogged it's up. Bl- beautifully constructed. Yes. It's beautifully constructed. I, love it. I have I love the st- hand the handwork. I have started ordering bit. some uh Com Majors inspired masks you ordered uh, com majors I, inspired masks yeah like films we've done so i have a mission oh, impossible nice. mask mm-hmm. a indiana jones mask mm-hmm. that will be on the way that i will be wearing oh, very nice. uh during this time i period. thought you meant it would just be like my face where your mouth would be you think well, i can that, still play the harmonica i no. would, i don't no. think you can no, um, that's good i guess it's working uh, <laughs> it's working. i great mask it's working um, <laughs> So this is exciting. We, we've come to a moment here. We are hard to believe it's been a year, but we are Since returning to Amazon, Amazon August. August. And in our attempt to shill ourselves out to corporate America, we are devoting a month to the richest man in the history of the world, Jeff Bezos streaming site. Mm-hmm. And we are picking films solely from the Amazon streaming service. Uh, each of us have selected a film and then we will have a bonus. If you pick mm-hmm. a film from Amazon, uh, we will put it in a hat and we're going to be picking it. So uh, here's our choice. Jim, what is your Amazon film? We will be watching in August. My Amazon film, because I like to skew us into the genres that we don't like, is a small little horror film called Midsummer. I'm actually very excited to watch it. Oh, so good. And Tim from Pop Adult will be joining us. Tim, to Tim discuss. literally said in, in text, I don't care what I'm doing. I will drop everything to be <laughs> on that show. Yes. He loves this movie. So good. It's a movie sure that's that hard to not talk about. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, Katie, your uh, Amazon August selection. So my pick is going to be The Big Sick. Camille. Oh. Not no, Johnny. Johnny. Oh, very good. Yeah. That was well done. Who is right. Jack, right. by the way? Go Google him. Yes. Holy he's moly. In a Marvel Have you seen movie the now. picture? No. Is he getting ready oh. for something? Mar- yeah, he's, he's in, he's in, he's in a Marvel, Marvel movie. Pull it onto the screen. Uh, and my selection will be The Adventures of Buckaroo Bonsai. Which none of us have heard of. What is this? And Keenan will be joining oh, us Lord. for that movie. It stars, what's his name? Um, uh, it has Jeff Goldblum in it. Oh, my gosh. My kids has, are newly obsessed with Jeff Goldblum. This is a 1980s kind of pop culture, weird comic book lover movie that I had seen. Um, that, right. It's a film that Keenan loves. So that will okay. tell you all we need to all know. Right. So it's a Keenan episode. So Katie will probably not be there for yeah, it. Yeah, I'm going to miss that. It's going to miss that episode. <laughs> so it's not there. And then no, you, don't do that. Come on. Do we, we need you. <laughs> I know you guys are not as funny yes. when I'm not with yeah, you. It's you, true. the commentors, will Holy, select our last. He's film. like, um, I'm Dad. sorry. Is he Indian? Yeah, he's yes. an Indian Donald Pakistan. Powers. I think he's Pakistani. Is he Pakistani? Is he pa- yeah. oh, Look at his face Indian and tell me that that's that's Donald Powers. That's Donald Powers. Yeah, he 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 does have that. Oh that my idea. god, we got it. So, but right. he was on. So him and Rob McElhenney were both on uh Dax Shepard to talk about the male physique because they both got in shape like that. Yeah. Um and he's basically like this is impossible without the studio the studio it, making this happen. Sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. All right. Well All right, Amazon friends. August is coming. Like, share, subscribe, review. Wear a mask. We will wear a mask, wash your hands. Wear a mask. Stay the fuck home school. for now. Stay home. Yes. Wear a mask. Uh and except if you're Brian, go visit Maine. Well, there's, they got rid of the coronavirus up there. Yeah. 
So they believe so in remember, science. Remember, choose, but choose wisely. <laughs> and don't play a harmonica. It's a beautiful Goodbye, everyone. Episode. Bye.